everyone, and welcome to this month's edition of the Multiversity Manga Club. I'm your host, Emily, and as always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Walter and Zach. What's up, guys? Hello. Not much. <laughs> You're not always joined. We've had guests come in before. Yeah, yeah, but... Never mind that I probably said that exact same thing previous month. You guys have both we do definitely the same said thing we do every month. <laughs> yeah, pinky in the brain style. Um, yeah, so this month, uh, for our uh book club pick, uh it was my turn. And I picked uh Devilman Classic Collection Volume One, which was uh recently released by Seventies Entertainment in this like really nice hardcover um, with like I want to say it's a very nice book. Yeah, very nice quality and like really cool like um, just like art on the cover and the back. And um, the nice thing about it is like it is it is a big volume, um, but the whole thing I think is actually only going to be two volumes, so it won't take up too much space on our shelf. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the story. Always a concern. I'm, yeah. I just thought I'd point With that manga's out. With manga's more decompressed nature, you know, just series can go longer and thus just take up more physical space. Also, like, for a fairly thick book, uh, I don't think there was any real issue of, like, uh, what's the term? Gutter bleed? Yeah. Oh, you mean of things getting into yeah. the into the middle of the page? Yeah, yeah. Even, even, you know, the full-page spreads, that's always an issue, or two-page spreads, that's always an issue, but even, you know, for some of these, it looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there seems to be like a pretty wide gutter in there to compensate for that. So yeah, yeah, just, just a purely production related. And thing. I mean, maybe it being a pretty old manga, maybe that, maybe it's more made for that. I'm not, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, so this is a manga written by Gonagai, I believe, starting in 1972, and it recently. Um, got the series itself got some more kind of attention because there was a, a remake made or I guess an adaptation of the of the Devilman story called Devilman Crybaby, which was on Netflix. Um, it premiered in January. And that's initially how I found out about the series. Um, I love Devilman Crybaby. I thought it was great. And uh, when I found out Seven Seas was going to be re-releasing the series in these like new high quality uh, hardbacks, I thought it would be really cool to do for the manga club. Um, and also, uh, it's just, it's just nice to check out Gonagai's stuff because he's also a very famous mangaka. Um, he also created Cutie Honey and Mazinger Z, which if I'm correct, I think Mazinger Z might be like the first piloted robot. There were definitely robot, um, like giant robot shows before Mazinger Z, but that was the first one where someone was actually in the cockpit, like controlling the robot. So that's, huge <laughs> um but yeah i think i think devil man at this point is now like probably his biggest most popular thing um because crybaby got so much attention but yeah this story is definitely uh pretty crazy and <laughs> especially considering like when it was initially written like like even for now i think i think some parts of it are still pretty shocking um and out there um but without revealing too much of what i think first i wanted to know what you guys's impressions were uh upon reading this whoever wants to go first may <laughs> walt you want to go first well i think it's interesting because <laughs> it's interesting he's 
a devil in the body of a man. That's twisted. Pretty wild. No, no, I, I, I did. It's kind of like the freaking Joker if you think about it. Uh, we the keep dang devil man. Yeah. Cross pollinating multiversity podcast. But the, you know what's the most twisted about it? It was that the Joker didn't even have to fuse with a demon to get that twisted. It's true. The devil, um, the devil man would be astounded by him. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, I read it while we were on vacation and it was just, it was a, for something that was like pretty violent. I don't know if crude's the word. I'd, it's, crude, it's kind of might be like, I don't, I don't necessarily mean like, you know, the sense of like, crass but just kind of there's a, a there's a primal yeah yeah you know, so there's like sexual it, it was very it was also visceral. like very readable like just yeah very yeah a real page turner of a grotesque in a good way but, <laughs> yeah um yeah i i i don't have a a lot of experience with um like kind of like the 70s stuff that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of like a pretty big dead zone in my yeah i mean knowledge of what was going on there i mean i would imagine i would imagine that it would probably be fairly similar to you know what was happening in western comics in the 70s you were seeing a lot more kind of experimentation with the stuff, form, um a lot more um kind of more transgressive elements in it yeah um, so in in that sense and I think um, also also paralleling that you see this kind of like the guy's style, it definitely evokes um, you know more like classic manga looks, yeah. especially when just like drawing people. Um, it looks fairly reminiscent of you know some older like maybe more like fifties, sixties manga. Yeah, I mean like the people the just the regular people like Ryo and Akira look kinda like um Tezuka. Yeah. A little bit in the face. But then when you see the demons that that's like entirely right. Gonagai. So um, that that again reminds me of like what you would see kind of in the uh seventies in Western comics where like to to maybe like an untrained eye it still kind of looks like just kind of like classic. Um, but then like it certain, you know, liberties are taken and such to kind of like do more, uh, kind of countercultural stuff with that style yeah. that, you know, at that point, um, or, or not at that point now we kind of can conflate those older styles together, but yeah. that's where you see like the main difference. Right. Yeah. Like there's a weird innocence to it. Um, yes yes what was that there's a weird weird innocence oh innocence yeah i i totally get what you're saying for sure in spite of all of the the crassness that you you know or not even crass or crudeness all all the the prime yeah the primality prime primalness i'm not sure what the best yeah of that is but like compare like contrast with the innocence of it um it, it made for a really unique um, atmosphere for the story. Yeah, very, very totally yeah. complex and yeah, 
I think more somewhat s- jarring at points, yeah. but in a, in a good, interesting way. Yeah, I think you can kind of tell like this was made to be for the time kind of sensationalist and like to uh, provoke people a little bit. Yeah. But but because of like it was you know written in the seventies, like you kind of have to remember like I feel like if something like this was written today, just like straight face, no irony, people would kind of scoff at it. But this is written in such a way that, like you said, like there's an element of innocence to it as well, even with all the extreme violence and gore that kind of sets it apart in that way. There, there was an right. image, I think, that you tweeted, Emily, of the one of the early chapters where one of the characters... Um, gosh, why am I blinking? R- Rio. Rio. Um, he's like smoking that that cigarette yeah. <laughs> yeah laced with drugs i felt like that yeah. was like one of the best um yeah. like example panels for getting the tone of this yeah uh, it's this very manga. yeah it's it's i don't know like i feel like parts of it like that kind of have like a bit of a tongue-in-cheek element but at the same time it it really embraces all the craziness like you don't get a sense that it's it yeah, like it's it's not shying away from just being batshit, balls to the wall, <laughs> uh, crazy. I mean, starting in the with basically the um, well, I mean, at least from the beginning of the manga, the whole like you know primeval kind of just like prehistoric uh, demons mm-hmm. with this art that's like wildly different from like how he draws people. Which I thought was really impressive and cool. Um, yeah, it's kind of it reminds me of um, the opening chapters of Berserk that were kind of like that yeah, as well. Yeah, kind of. Or opening yeah. pages, I should say. I mean, of, of Berserk, it had a right. very different art style. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, I also found interesting, and you see, you see this in a lot of um, fantasy and or horror themed. Um, manga you kind of have this blend of you know there's there's like the the demons in this there's like elements both of i guess what would be more kind of like a traditional uh more you know japanese uh Mm -hmm. view of like or you know portrayal of monsters demons devils etc but at the same time like a mixture of that and more like western christian imagery um you know how got your black masses going on obviously not that isn't christian but you mean like is, the sabbaths yeah you know the the do they call it the they call them this i know they call them the sabbaths in the show i think it's like basically the same thing yeah. i right, mean basically yeah. the meetings um, where they or the gatherings where they summon demons so so you get this like fairly nihilistic uh kind of like halfway point where you have you have like you know masses of demons and everything, and they're styled in like a more kind of uh, ref, uh, kind of like a reflective way of, of like you know like Christianity understanding of them, or just like yeah. how that has come in Western culture, where they're like active forces of evil and everything. But then you also kind of have the uh, the whole more Japanese. They're they're you know there's tons of them, and they're everywhere. And there's no real like you know good God to balance that out. We just kind of have them and they're everywhere and they're going to kill us. <laughs> yeah. so, I, I thought that it, it, it results in like a kind of, um, 
hybrid? Yeah, yeah. We've got just a hybrid kind of a portrayal of that, whereas um, it, it there, there's no, or at least so far in what we've read, yeah. I guess you get a little bit with the Joan of Arc story, which we can talk about, but <laughs> oh, yeah. there, there isn't, oh, uh, <laughs> there, yeah. for the most part, the main story, there's not much about like the forces of good. It's right. We're just it's using just the forces demons. of evil to fight. Yeah. yeah I always that... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's interesting that you use the word hybrid because of how, like, demons in this story work, that they choose, yeah. like, different things, which I thought was, like, a fun twist to yeah. kind of make their demons unique. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say too much about the, like, possible Christian aspects because, like, you know, I've I've experienced the whole story in Devilman Crybaby. Devilman Crybaby um, sets this story in... Um, you know, present day Japan. Um, whereas this is like, you know, sep- contemporary to its time, the seventies. Um, and it follows the same basic story beats. There's a couple things that are different as far as characters, but, um, just from reading this first volume, like it's pretty much the same. Um, you know, they fight, uh, he fights Cyrene Sir- and, um, that turtle guy, uh, shoot, I forget his name. I think his name is Jinmei or Jinmen or something like that. Yeah, um, right. whoever he is, he's, he's turtle enough from the turtle club. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we need to start. What was it? More master, master. Of Dis- more master of disguise. I don't think. I don't think we've made more than this. Is the first master of disguise reference? Pistachio disguisey. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot. No, I was just saying. I was just saying that. Um, like pretty much everything that's happened so far has is mirrored in Delma and Crybaby, and then of course I've seen how it all ends. So I don't want to speak too like specifically about what happens after this but i mean from what i can tell like down the crab baby was pretty uh faithful overall to it um so i kind of get a sense of like thematically how it represented some of this stuff but like but like from what i from what i'm seeing here and like from what i remember it's it's pretty faithful um i actually forget where i was going with that too <laughs> um but yeah, no, it's a uh, <clears throat> good adaptation. Um, I just have to say, there's a lot of weird things that happen in it. <laughs> the weirdest is oh, I was going to talk about oh, I was going to talk about the time travel stuff, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, the weirdest thing to me was like him using his eyebrows as weapons. Yeah, there's all there's all this other strange stuff that probably should have been weirder to me. That was the one thing where I was kind of like, now hold on here. You mean when he grabbed Cyrene's so He uses head? them like a few times. Yeah, like they grow really long. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. Like, no, like, I thought they were just his antenna. Well, it's typically when he's like staying more in human form, I believe, when he does that. They, oh, they definitely yeah. look like eyebrows. <laughs> I do like when he becomes a demon. <laughs> I like when he absorbs a demon. Basically, the only thing that changes about him in real life is that he just has eyeliner. <laughs> Basically. And he's like more, I mean, he's got more swagger and he's kind of a dick, but he's also still nice. Like, I don't know. They kind of, um, Akira's personality after he absorbs Amon, the demon, is a little bit like kind of just, I don't know, clashing between like being a dick and being nice. I wonder if this is like like the prototypical edgelord. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit, but I think it's it's okay though, because deep down... 
Akira was kind of just a very sympathetic and like, you know, nice guy. And that's, mm-hmm. that's sweet boy. Yeah. I mean, that's always been, that's always an undercurrent. That's why he's able to control the demon. So I, so I'm kind of His goodness hesitant. wins out. Yes. Yeah. And even Ryo, who is a bad person, um, in case, in case um, nobody picked that up, um, <laughs> Because, uh, you know, like, very early on, I remember the most shocking thing uh, in the show, too, in Devil May Cry Baby, was him, like, stabbing people in the, uh, in the, um, you know, black the mass. club. Yeah, the Black Mass. Um, the Sabbath, whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's I think it's, like, the first instance of real bloodshed that you actually see um, happening in real time. Because I think before that, he talks about his dad trying to kill him and, you know then ending up killing himself because he's a demon and he's discovered, you know, demon fusion, <laughs> which I think would, would screw anybody up. But, um, yeah, the, um, the thing I wanted to mention about the time travel stuff is those sections, um, were actually, I found out later, they were actually part of a series called Shin Devil Man, which means like new devil man. It was kind of like a, I guess it's technically canon. I mean, it was written by Gonagai and, and, you know, written and drawn by Gonagai, but it's it was kind of added to this um, original collection, even though, like, this stuff didn't happen. Like, like he didn't, he didn't, he drew this Shin Devil Man stuff later, and they just kind of incorporated this into... It was just, this, red, it was just retcon filler. Like, retcon Yeah, filler it was just like, I think they just, maybe just they had... wanted more Devil Man. Maybe they, I know it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Devil man is a really cool design. Um, and I guess maybe, maybe they had a page limit to meet. I mean, I liked the time travel stuff, but I, I mean, I thought it was fun, but I didn't really like it as much as kind of the main story stuff. Um, I I think I would have, go ahead. I was just going to say, to be fair, Hitler does not appear in the main story. (laughs) True. It was revealed that like Hitler, no, he wasn't a demon, but he was. I forget exactly what happened. He he was, was just influenced by demons to yes. uh, go on his ethnic cleansing. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like the, it, it was it was somewhat questionable because like, yeah, like it was really yeah. questionable. It was really because <laughs> weren't like the demons the demons were the maybe Jewish Jewish uh, maybe I'm I think I think it. it was something about um no I think you're right yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit. I like how they have that last panel to make it clear. <laughs> this is it. To make it clear, this is the Adolf we're talking about. Here's a new picture of him. I with mean, the I guess written in the time it was written in, it could have been way worse. But could I'm not. Way worse. I'm not saying it's like I definitely read this like side eyeing it the whole time. <laughs> it, this... it is pretty much. I think it says something that like even in a comic this crazy and like provocative, <laughs> maybe the most problematic thing is it's. Is it's <laughs> Hitler reference. Goes goes to show. Hitler. Real bad. I like how the very last panel, I'm looking at it right now, of the the Hitler um, story. Oh yeah, they Um, also say his full name. Yeah, so like right before it, you see a very, very recognizable drawing of Hitler. (laughs) And then the last panel is this guy saying, where are you going, Adolf? Adolf Hitler! As if if it was a surprise that this is who this was. You'd have, you'd have to be really. You'd have uh, to be really dumb and ignorant of history. Yeah, like um, if you didn't get it at that point. Especially when it, he's well, I mean, I don't want to say too much what Hitler was actually saying in this comic, but um, 
Yeah, this was like I thought most of them were like kind of fun and like they kind of fit more of like the shonen like monster of the week mold. Even though I guess like this whole collection kind of does that a little bit to some extent. Um, but like these were especially kind of like, oh, here's how this monster, this demon influenced history kind of thing. Um, Marie Antoinette, so we, and then the Nike of Samothrace and stuff like that. So we stopped, you know, them from uh, doing what they were doing, and thus allowed history to take its normal course and Hitler to rise to power. Yeah, I mean, basically, they just follow the time travel rule of if you go back and meddle with time, you just end up, you end up creating what happened anyway. Yeah, like, but it was also meaning- they, they didn't they didn't make any connection that it was Hitler. <laughs> They, they just did. I think they left before they realized who it was. Yeah. Wait, let me see here. I was gonna see if I could if I could find it, but I, that would that would take too much time. It's like <laughs> um it's, it's there like were all the, those very subtle hints. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, of them like, in oh, Germany. This guy? <laughs> and this guy who had a vaguely Hitler esque face and he was he was painting and he was young and, and he was named Adolf. He was named Adolf, you know, you wouldn't I think talked he about was... not liking the Jewish people. <laughs> He said way worse things than that by the end. Um, I I mean, it's it's basically the uh, question that was asked Jeb Bush. You know, <laughs> would you go back in time and kill baby Hitler if you had the powers of Devil Man? Would you go back? To in be time? fair, I think Rio and Akira, if they had not they been known, stupid enough they, not to realize, these are the people we're trusting. <laughs> well, Rio is evil. In case you couldn't tell, he's pretty he's, bad. He's not good. Um. But yeah, he's, I mean, at least in this first volume, he's not really an antagonist yet. I mean, I think you're supposed to to realize he's a bad person, but I mean, as far as this first volume goes, he's just kind of, he's an instigator, um, getting, you know, like kind of a um, catalyst for Akira. It's the wild card. A foil, if you will. Yes, the wild card. He's twisted. Um, (laughs) We already went down that. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, he's... Yeah, he is not. He is not the freaking Joker. He, he might be close. Um, but we get these uh, a couple demons. The two, the two I thought were the most interesting were um, Cyrene and um, the turtle. The turtle guy. I don't want to say the turtle guy anymore because it's just gonna make me <laughs> think of the <laughs> that stupid movie. You know, during the <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, say it. Walter has an interesting piece of trivia. <laughs> During the uh, filming of Master of Disguise, um, <laughs> they were filming the turtle. They were, they were, scene. They were filming. During, it was on nine eleven, <laughs> and they have on IMDb. They uh, mentioned that they take a they took a moment of silence while recording the turtle club scene. <laughs> I I only already know that because this isn't the first time <laughs> Master of Disguise has come up in a multiversity <laughs> podcast that I'm a part of. <laughs> And That's it also a- led to that fun story. <laughs> Was it Vince? I honestly don't remember at this point. That's that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's the only I mean, other I memorable would, thing about the that's movie. A, that's true, but like, I mean, I'm not like it's the the best part is like I'm not even like super surprised. I'm like, I'm like that's really funny, but you know what? I that's within the realm of possibility. Well, yeah, I don't love it. No, I'm saying for for to that. To that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I, I know You're not a truther, Emily. <laughs> oh, 
my god. It was an inside job. <laughs> um, the devil man did it. Yes. I'm trying to think if there's a fire. Oh, Jet fuel don't melt still beams. It was controlled demolition. <laughs> it's controlled devolution. Well, no, what I meant was I'm not surprised Master of Disguise was, was referenced on the Multiversity <laughs> podcast. That's what I was referring to. Anyhow. Oh, man. Um, um, yeah, I just wanted to comment on liking Cyrene and uh, Jin Men, <laughs> the Turtle Man. They're good. Yeah, because uh, I thought I thought there were there were two moments in both of those fights that kind of added a little something extra, like the part where the end of the fight with Cyrene, she kind of is. It's weird. They kind of they kind of also look at the demons as kind of like, uh, like, you know, parts of nature. Kind of right, they talk yeah. about how when she dies, she looked very beautiful, and she was just kind of like she kind of like became a statue almost. Um, and they kind of, they kind of see her as like almost something to be like kind of a shame that she, that she had to be killed. Right. Um, and then with, um, Jinmen, it wasn't so much him that was interesting. It was that when Akira was about to kill him, he, uh, shut the eyes of the, uh, girl that was on his back, which I thought was like a very, I don't know. I thought that really stuck out the way it was, the way it was framed and stuff and kind of got to the heart of like what devil man is, I think actually about. And I don't know if it's that apparent in the first volume, but like, I think the human element of like, of, you know, of Akira constantly saying like, I am a man in the body of a demon. Like, it's like, it sounds corny, but I mean, like the whole series is about that. And at the end it becomes very, uh, very central to like the theme. So, um, yeah, I liked that. Yeah. I thought the, uh, if this, it, it's hard to place this like, you know, is this like full on horror? Is it like action with horror elements? I'd say it's more, mm, it's it's, it's more of that. horror elements, um, yeah. But I thought um, the stuff with the Jinmen, um, Jinmen, um, <laughs> that, that stuff, the, those chapters, I think that's where it like, at least stylistically, it kind of like felt like it was going further into horror territory. Like, yeah. The, the like oppressive black backgrounds yeah, with like just, just the faces. That, that was the most I was kind of like reading it. It's just kind of like, Ugh. yeah, a little, a little creeped out. It's um, a very, it's a very visceral and and kind of horrifying thing. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he has the faces of dead people on his back, and they can talk to you, but they're not actually alive. So it's kind of a weird like emotional manipulation thing. Like right. even if you knew like say it was like your sister or your friend on his back. I mean, yeah, they're talking to you, but they're not alive, which is, I think kind of made the whole conflict more interesting because he still had to kill this guy. And, you know, he's still, I mean, he managed to keep his humanity even through this, but you know, that would be extremely hard to do. Um, yeah, and it was a bit different in Devil May and Crybaby. It was it, this same kind of confrontation happened. It was different people, but I, I think it still captured like the spirit of this confrontation in the manga. Um, and I think it's like at this point, it's probably the most like important and kind of thematic one that Akira has, um, because the last thing I was gonna kind of mention or uh, pose to you guys was. And I guess I guess we we've kind of talked about this at this point, but like, do you, do you feel like, based on what you've read so far, do you feel like the series is like 
leading towards any sort of theme or do you feel like it's more just kind of a more toward leading towards like schlocky action stuff or do you feel like there's an undercurrent of something that like has more meaning because like i feel like i got a sense of that more in the show than i did in this but that's also having the full knowledge of what happens yeah when it when it like just didn't not even like transitions just like hard cuts to the time travel stuff i was like (laughs) okay i have no idea what the series is about like i don't know what's yeah, I think that was. Yeah. It does kind of break the narrative. Yeah, I think like, it was. I get, I get, coming coming from a uh, someone who got into comics with superhero comics, um, I get wanting to like, even when like something is in reality written later. Yeah. To then like, all right, let's sort out the chronology before we like publish yeah. this corrected edition. Um. So it reminded me of like some stuff I've read like that where, you know, stuff that in the story takes place later, but was really written like a decade or two after is kind of like put back. I, I do. And I get why they did that for this, but I yeah. do think it interrupts the narrative a bit. I, I um, yeah. And I think if you like got the second volume, whenever that comes out and you read the two, yeah, like back to back, it would probably be even more severe. In that sense. Yeah, I, I see. I don't mind the time travel stories, but I do feel like it was a mistake to include them at the end of this because those stories have such a different tone than the main story. I mean, as far as like what we just saw, because it ends with like Jinmen dead and, and Akira's looking at the back of the, the shell, which has all of these people's faces on it. And then suddenly slam cut to, you know, let's go back in time and save John Dark. And it's like, or Joan of Arc, however you pronounce it in French. Um, yeah, it. I feel like it was a bit of a mistake. Like like you said, I get why they would want to do it. It's nice to have extra content, but I almost feel like maybe they should have just released Shin Devil Man in a separate volume or something. Maybe. Um, because I don't know if it really does the like actual story that much good to just kind of have this random kind of filler stuff on the end. Cause I mean, this stuff, this Shin Devil Man stuff was like not in the show either. I'm not saying it's like not worthy of being adapted or anything, but it just, I think it's inferior to the main story stuff. Cause it doesn't really, yeah. it's, it's just like, here's more things they did. It doesn't really add thematically or, you know, it doesn't really add much to character or anything either. So yeah, because I think, I think in the second half, you kind of get more of the actual kind of, thematic thrust of it and I know it sounds stupid to say like oh I actually really like uh kind of devil man's thesis um but I do and um I kind of want to read the second half um to see if like I, I feel the same way as I did when I when I saw the you know the new anime adaptation because I, I really liked it and um and I'm sure I mean assuming it's going to stay as faithful um or that well, I mean, the manga came first. If, you know, if Delman Crybaby was was as faithful to the manga as it um, seems to be up to this point, like, I'm sure it's going to be really, really good in the original. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, I'd like to read the uh, rest Second, of it as well. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty short overall. I mean, it's just going to be one more collection, I believe. So, yeah, I'll probably be picking that up. But um, you guys have any other final thoughts on... The story, anything else to say? No. Um, no, it's it's uh, very 
Very unique. Um, not quite like anything else I've read before. Um, I feel like it feels, and I mean, maybe that's just, I, maybe this is influenced by me seeing like an adaptation of it. It feels a little bit ahead of its time as far as like yeah, some of the stuff. Um, I can see why you say that. More so than something like, I guess, Buddha or Astro Boy or something. I mean, it feels, I mean, it, it's definitely a classic, but it feels more like, okay, I could see something with a similar story coming out today um, and not being, you know, seen as like, oh, this is old fashioned or something like that. Well, you say uh, Astro Boy, you say that, but what about Blue Girl? That is mm, Astro Boy. That's a good point. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, that is Urasawa's, um, Naoki Urasawa's um, adaptation of a story arc of, of Astro Boy. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just being difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always getting on my case about stuff. What about you, Zach? I um yeah, I, I want to finish it. I'm interested in exploring there I there are just like so many different incarnations, it seems like. And I mean mm-hmm. I I know there's like Devilman Crybaby, there's the new Devilman Grimoire book, which mm. is seems to be like an updated retelling with new art as well. Mm. Um, yeah. there's a sequel series. Yeah, I don't hear. Ladies, I and like. Yeah. And then all of the crossover stuff with Mossinger. Um, oh yeah, I forgot that there was. It all that seems stuff. like wild. I don't know. I'm I'm interested in in learning more. After this. Well, cool. Thank Good. you for the, choosing it for our uh, <laughs> book this month. You're welcome. <laughs> I I also recommend the show in case anyone hasn't seen that um devil may cry baby at least i haven't seen i know there are at least two anime adaptations i think i actually found out that um the anime adaptation of devil man came first and it was a anime adaptation of a former gonagai work called demon lord dante and so then the devil man anime was happening first and then he made the manga so like for a second i thought that the manga came the manga came manga the manga came uh you know, was the very first thing, but apparently a an, an anime version was like the first Devilman thing. Um, and then uh, there was like I think I don't know if it I don't know how far it got, but then there was also like an eighties OVA. That's um, almost as convoluted as the time travel stuff in this. In this yeah, world. sorry, <laughs> and I probably got parts of that wrong, but that's that's what I understand from from my research. It's basically um, like Peter Pan, and that they were working on like. The guy was working on various different versions of it. Yeah. Fact, I mean, it's, it's very similar to Peter Pan in many ways. I will not explain this. Are there demons <laughs> in Peter Pan that does Peter Pan get? Well, actually, never mind. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know I know you did some, some uh, scholarly work on Peter Pan. Oh, yeah, I did. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next month, we'll be talking about... Junji Ito, one of my favorites. Yeah. It's my pick. Um, hey. <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, Tomie, uh, one of, uh, I think, perhaps his very first uh, published work. Um, there is a nice hardcover out from Viz and their series that they've been doing of reprinting a lot of his work. Um, has that lovely, dark, either very, very dark gray black and black like cover um that they've been doing or there's other ways to find it um 
as well. I believe I'm pretty sure that unlike Urasawa's work, Ito's is on Comicsology. That could be mistaken. No, um, I think I think you're correct. I think it's on there. So yeah, we'll be going through. Uh, there there were a few different uh, Tomie stories. They're all collected in um, a single volume now, and we'll be reading all of that. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to having an early Halloween in October or August. October is when Halloween is. We're actually going to skip ahead two months, record in October, and then come back to August. With the help of the Devil Man. Yes, we have to become demon hunters so that we can go, in the go through time and like save Vincent Van Gogh from demons or something. No, that's Doctor Who. We, we do it so that you don't <laughs> have to. There you go. All right, we'll be back in a, a minute after little ad for some of our uh, friends here at Multiversity and then we'll be back to talk about Weekly Shonen Jump. Hello podcast listeners, we're the hosts of the DC3Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, no bad Dandadio impressions, this is bad, what the f- and an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us all right welcome back uh we're as usual second half of the show time to talk about weekly shonen jump in the month of july uh we had two jump starts um one actually started at the end of the preceding month but uh it was only the first chapter i believe so we decided to save it for now and that is seiji tanaka secretary to the managing president general time industries man that's as long as a uh, like light novel title yeah, um, I think... I, I kind of liked this one. Yeah, um, um, not, not to, like, you know, show my hand too much about the next one, but I definitely think of the two that we got, this was my favorite of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty interesting, if... Pretty interesting conceit. So I feel like there's been a lot of time travel... Uh, yeah, there was There's, the one. Uh, uh, what was that? Noah's notes. Noah's notes. Wasn't that? there something else about time travel? Um, maybe, maybe. Not. Yeah, I think you're right, but I can't recall at the moment. But um, this is kind of uh, back to the future-ish. If like you know, Biff was the main character <laughs> um, and the good guy, I suppose. Um, the general. Uh, conceit being that his like secretary has come to like make this like lay about um, the Steve Jobs or Bill Gates of the future, Jeff yeah. Bezos, you know, technocratic, um, multi-millionaire. Well, he's he's going to treat his his employees way better than Jeff Bezos because apparently he's a great boss. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> he's going to let them go to the bathroom. <laughs> that, that is that is my. One problem with the uh, comic is like the billionaire worship, but that, that's a different topic for a different day. I think it's trilli- so good. trillionaire. Although that's I guess, true, it, I, guess think... it in, I guess it's in yen though. So oh okay. So he's not. He's only like a billionaire. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think the goofiness of it though kind of just made me not take it that seriously. Um, 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's certainly it's something to to note, but um, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Um, the art, I think we talked a little about this, Walter. The art is not great, but I feel like it kind of adds something to it. It kind of gives a little bit of more character than it. Like it's weird to say like the art's not good, but that makes it better. But but I feel, I feel <sighs> like some it's it's such a weird distinction to talk about like i feel some of the stuff that we've read yeah that is like had art well it's that, not plain right it's not super yeah, it's plain certainly not there like a lot of stuff where i've like been disappointed in the art and stuff it's it still like feels really relatively polished but it's just not good or mm-hmm. interesting whereas this like it lacks polish but there there's a lot of dynamism yeah i just, feel like there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. I feel like the guy doing it is having a lot of fun drawing it, at least. Even if he's not, that's what it feels like. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not terribly detailed either. No. It, no. But, but there is something about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very dynamic is like not doing its service. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it pops just really. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing is, like, I kind of see this story kind of running out of steam a little bit. I, I don't know why particularly this, but, I mean, I guess, like, Battle Secretary, you know, it's like, okay, he's going to throw this this guy, Seiji Tanaka, who is, is the assistant to the main character, the president, the future president of this, you know, trillion yen company. Um, you know, he throws business cards and things like that. I mean, what's the, I mean. How many office supplies? I mean, he probably through? is going to have, like, a office supply Gundam mech or something like that made out of, I don't know. Hole punchers. Sure. That would definitely work. Uh, it makes so much sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't see it. I mean, and it's fine if it's like going to be a shorter, I mean, if it gets picked up, probably not. Um, sorry, Seiji Tanaka. I'm just, I'm just not feeling it as far as it getting picked up. I wouldn't mind if it were, but I don't really, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it has that 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 it factor, that X factor that the that one I that say. The, the other book has. You mean? <laughs> oh, Alice and Ty. Well, I'd rather this we'll, get picked we'll up get than there. Alice and, than yeah. Alice and Ty. <laughs> um, it definitely got me to you know laugh out loud a few points. Yeah, which is, you know that yeah. that's a sign of a success for like a lighthearted yeah kind of thing like this. Um, yeah, like his like ribbon is like battle ribbon of business cards that that made me yeah i thought the final chapter was pretty good it was about um them recruiting i think it was the inventor and they thought the whole time that it was a guy but it ends up being this woman that was making these like robot or battling these like basically doing like battle bots that (laughs) that show battle bots i don't even remember if it's i don't even remember what channel that is or if it's still on that's basically what they were doing (laughs) It, I, I had many a night where in college where we would get drunk and watch BattleBots or something. BattleBots is surprisingly entertaining. It's uh you can get into it with these little robots called like I was gonna say Gravedigger, but that's, that's a monster truck. That's a that, big that, robot. That's definitely a name of a BattleBot somewhere. <laughs> or, or like you know until like, they got a cease and desist from Gravedigger's trademark attorney. You know what's funny? I used to think Gravedigger was like only one. Tr- was only one truck aren't there multiple there are multiple grave diggers right it's like the flash this whole thing yeah because like i thought like i thought we were special like i thought because like i grew up in like a 
like my town wasn't in the south, but it was like very redneck, and we had like a monster truck. Leesburg's more in the south than Hagerstown. I know, but like there were some, there are redneck elements to Hagerstown. And like I thought we were special because we had Gravedigger. And then when I grew up, imagine my disappointment when I found out everybody had a goddamn Gravedigger. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Seiji Tanaka. Yes, they, they try to recruit uh, the inventor and uh, she's a woman. And it's like, whoa, it's a, it's a lady. Um, I mean, you know, it's not really like groundbreaking or anything, but it was more than I expected <laughs> from this manga. Uh, and I feel like, you know, it's got that kind of that, that last chapter in particular has the kind of here we're laying out our roadmap for the series, basically, which, you know, we got to find X people yeah. to do this. And, you know, it's it's somewhat formulaic, but nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I certainly like I said, like, I certainly wouldn't be sending angry messages to Shonen Jump or to Viz if they... uh Pick this one up. The Is next it... one, however, unless you had something to say else oh, to no, say no, about no. Tanaka. Right, do, do we want to move on to the next one? Yeah, sure. Or, okay. Yeah. Um, Alice and Tayo. It's, um, I don't know, because I feel like if some things hadn't happened in, like, the first issue, I would have been okay, more okay with it. But, like, there was, like, some... Dumb, bad fan service stuff in the first one that kind of gave me a bad taste. If, and, if some of um, those things hadn't happened, I might have actually read the second and third chapters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think I think Allison Tayo is a four that could have been a six. Wow, still not great, but um, no, no. Um, as usual, there's our usual disclaimer of you know we're not prudes, you know. Yeah, as, I know. As our listeners know, we but like, generally it was just, enjoy like food wars, right? But it was just so like transparent what they were doing, and then the fact that they like I don't know, like the fact that they like didn't do it again made me even like more. For some reason, like that made me even more weird. Yeah, it's out. weirdly we just got to we got to do it. Here's the stuff. Here's like it's like you know, here's the, your panty shot. There you go. You, you got to have it. We know. All right, right. moving on. Yeah, it, it just. <sighs> I'm not saying I wanted more, but, like, the fact that it really kind of only happened once, I'm thinking, like... It was like... Pfft. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. I'm just saying that, like, it's, like, it's going to be, like, a jump scare. Like, you're not going to know. And, and like, it, 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 especially for somebody like um, Tayo, like, it didn't really fit his character. Like, he was very shy and stuff, but he's like, oh, no, I'm going to see your panties. Yeah. Um, it, it did not... It, I don't know. It just detracted from... The what there was, which, which, which again, as I said, you know, at, at best, I feel like this could be a six. So, you know, I'm not saying it was like the greatest to begin with, but what little promise there was there, um, I, just, I, I feel it got severely, severely distracted. Yeah. See, um, I almost feel like it has no promise because like, okay. it... The, the story is, the motivation is, like, so weak, I think. I think the story is so weak. Like, it's like, we're going to get a Grammy. It's like, okay. Like, they don't really set up any interesting conflicts that aren't, like, we want to get a Grammy. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, the goal is so distant that, like, and, like, yeah, he has, he has, um, Tayo is basically, like, a, um, in case you guys didn't read this, which I wouldn't, uh, be surprised if you, like, kind of dropped out of this one, but... Tayo, like, makes, I guess, kind of, like, Hatsune Miku-esque, like, Vocaloid 
songs yeah. online. He like creates these songs and Alice is this singer, like this up and coming singer that found his songs and got really into them. And like, she starts performing his stuff and they kind of meet serendipitously at his school and they re- perform in like local concerts and stuff like that. And she tries to get him to join her. And, um, yeah, it's just like, I mean, besides like him being shy and she's like forceful, like, I just don't feel like there's really any interesting conflicts or it's not, it's not a really compelling end goal. No. You know, finding the Grammy or getting, the Grammy, the Grammy. getting the Grammy as opposed to finding the one piece, you know? Hey, one piece had way more cool and interesting things happening early on. It had um, it had cooler character designs. I mean, come on. Tayo can't stretch. Tayo can't stretch. Uh, Alice can't um, hold a sword in her mouth. I mean, it doesn't really add up. One, two um, strikes, you're out. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even really say it was super boring because, like, the actual, like, dialogue and stuff was, like, fine to read, but uh, it just, uh, it's not compelling at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, the, I definitely get the vibe that I liked it the most of the three of us, and I didn't like it that much to begin with. <laughs> yeah, you said, like, you said, I was, you said, like, oh, it's going to be, like, a six. I was like, yeah, more like a two or something. Um, no, hold on. A two is awful. Okay, it wasn't, okay, it wasn't as bad as the very worst thing I read in this in this comic and it was that one series i don't even remember but it was the guy that was like texting an idol or something and uh, he basically uh, is an instrument to like sexual harassment or something like that something. or no he tried basically there's like a really bad scene yeah we, we talked about this i think it was i think it was brian and zach on the episode when i had to talk about that and um yeah it was terrible i mean it wasn't as bad as that but like i mean that's not saying much at all um not much better. We had a uh, a one shot, um, which I I was interested when I heard it's a uh, it was a one shot by Tite Kubo uh, of Bleach. It was called Burn the Witch, and so just from the name and knowing that's him, I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> it wasn't much. It was kind of weirdly convoluted for like a one shot. I thought. Yeah, for a one for a, for a one shot, there was like there was way too much lore yeah exactly like okay like i get i get like a one shot you still want the world to be interesting and all that um but you need to like have it like come across in some way other than just like text dump on this day and this year these people did this and you know do that for five pages well so Uh, apparently i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm missing out on something because of this but apparently this takes place in the same universe as bleach oh that could make more sense (laughs) well well i I don't know how much they lean into that but i did like from the the on the last page there's kind of the reveal which like i've i've never read bleach well i I read like i've read like issues here and there within weekly shonen jump yeah, I've um, read a few chapters, but not yeah. much. Yeah. But like the reveal that the the WB thing is the the West which Branch so- of the Soul Society, okay. which like the Soul Society is a big thing oh, in, in, in Bleach. Bleach. Right. Yeah. But even then, you would think it would need less expo- exposition in that case. You would probably think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. 
The main thing I was kind of looking forward to is that um, in, in terms of the art, I think, you know, you had the big three, you know, of, of them, you know, one is still going um, of Naruto, Bleach, One Piece. Um, I felt that of the three, the earliest chapters of Bleach, um, I felt probably the more compelling ones, more compelling. And also like artistically Kubo, I think was start or at least bleach started out Kubo strong. started in like a better artistic place than mm. Oda and, um, Oh crap. It's the Magica of Naruto. Hmm. Oh, the oh, uh, wow. Uh, Gosh, why am I forgetting this? I'm the worst Naruto fan. fan ever. What is wrong with me? Um, uh, art cred, Kishimoto. 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 Kishimoto yes. Um, I, I, I feel like, you know, when you look at the early chapters of those, Kubo's art is ahead of, uh, Oda and Kishimoto. Um, but I feel, I felt that, um, as it went on, what I saw of later Naruto, and of course, you know, I've read a good bit of later One Piece, I think both of them pulled ahead a bit. Um, yeah. And so I was kind of interested in like seeing how Kubo's art was in this. And it was, you know, it was fine. It wasn't, a, it, it didn't like excite me as much as I think I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still technically impressive, but I guess it didn't wow me. Um, and that was more than, more than the story or anything else. I was like hoping to kind of get some good artwork, but. Not as much. Not really. So some of the monster designs were pretty good. He does a lot of good work when he's like painting creatures with just swaths of black on the page. Like um, yeah. when when that one uh dragon. monster or well yeah, dragon in the dog was revealed. Like that yeah. that was probably when I looked its best. He and I noticed that when I was when Bleach was still going, you know, I wasn't reading it, but that like Naruto is kinda like flipping through and looking through the pages and he he likes to use just kind of like drawing with a lot of black. Um, and when he does that, I think he's in his element. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was always like very minimalist. I feel like just, there would be just tons of negative space and then huge yeah. swaths of ink and. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, overall, the I don't, I don't know about you guys. I, I story fairly unremarkable yeah yeah you can only do so much in a one shot but i feel like if you're doing something like that maybe don't do like a fantasy thing which kind of no you can do a fantasy thing just don't spend time explaining it you know have (laughs) have it be explored in the story like you know just the things that need to be done can be done and yeah just it's just a matter of over exposition yeah I just feel like there's a tendency more in fantasy to be like, this is how the world is. And like, I I know that's not really like a fault of the fantasy genre, but like authors feel like they have to explain everything or at least like enough of the world to, for you to get a sense of what's going on. But yeah, yeah, I I think that's a problem. Yeah. As you, as you mentioned, like kind of a problem broadly shared across fantasy, whether that's in. Yeah. I don't think it's like an inherent flaw of fantasy, but. Well, I'm saying it is kind of an inherent flaw Mm. of fantasy writers. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just like look at this cool world I made up, and letting that kind of yeah. get in the way of the story. Yeah, because the story was basically like kind of. I actually, I, I kind of was like confused by part of, not like by the story, but I think like just 
I, I forget exactly what I what confounded me, but just like some how some things were presented, I was like, wait, what? What is that? I felt like there was some weird wording or something. I don't know. Well, the characters were like generally just not very engaging. Yeah, yeah, and the the dragon mythology was kind of weird as well. Weird. And then, and then yeah. I felt like the whole resolution didn't yeah. make sense either. Well, and the thing that bothered me, and, like, normally I don't get, like, why isn't this, like, real life? But the thing that I just th- thought didn't make sense even in the world is they said something like, if you encounter a dragon, it means you die. And it's like, well, these people are encountering them by accident. Like, how is that fair? You know what I mean? Like, I remember they were talking about that guy who was, like, talking to the dragon. And they're like, you're gonna have to kill him, you know? And I'm like, wait, really? It doesn't really... How does that make sense? A bit much. So, yeah. But there was a slightly better... Um, it was good <laughs> another one shot as well um see i i always appreciate i i like when one shots happen even though a lot of the ones that we've read aren't very good um yeah. but no well, I, I, I mean like, this, this one has a i like the one shot as like an art form in comics in general yeah or sub genre i like it in like um short stories yeah. <laughs> well, they the are. One- yes they are short stories but you know i mean text <laughs> um we, we had a, a crossover of sorts between Food Wars and One Piece. Um, not exactly, but kind of. It was um, the Food Wars piece doing a... Food Wars team doing a One Piece, piece, piece. story. One Piece story. Um, like, I, as far as I know, Oda wasn't involved in this at all. No, I mean... Giving the okay. Right. No, I mean, they, they were pretty spot on. I mean, um, the, team, the, the Food Wars team, as far as like... They had, like, Sanji's friends on the Bradier, and... Uh, you you got to feel that um, at least one of them is, like, a fan. Yeah, because, like, they had, like, these two minor characters who are memorable, but, like, only, like, I think hardcore fans would be like, oh, you had Patty and Karn, holy crap, it's awesome. Um, I know, I was excited. Um, yeah, uh, I liked this quite a bit. I mean, it, it felt... It felt, uh, it felt true to what Sanji would do, um... And it was cute that it happened like right before he was recruited by Straw Hats. Yeah, it, it definitely got a good feel for both Food Wars and One Piece. Like it, it, it yeah. felt like you were reading a chapter that could fit in either of those. Well, I mean, without maybe the <laughs> the disrobing. Yeah, I guess that doesn't fit too much in One Piece. Um, well, I mean, okay, to some degree, yes, there is like there's like fan service in One Piece, but not not so explicitly as part of the story that it is in Food Wars. Right. Um, um, I know, I know you're not as a uh, One Piece well versed as uh, Emily and I. Zach, <laughs> how how did you feel about the one shot? Um, it was fun. I, I I enjoyed it. I felt I I didn't really. I felt like I was missing out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, I, I I did think that maybe it's one um flaw was that maybe it was too fan servicey, not in the way that. We usually say when we're talking about food wars, but in like the traditional understanding of the term of just like, Having... this is a thing made for fans of both of these. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So I can get that. Like, yeah, if you aren't a fan of either of those, it's kind of like, okay, that's nice, I guess. Um, yeah. It, it's it, other flaw was like maybe the critic's depiction <laughs> wasn't great <laughs> maybe not i i kind of thought it would have been funnier if they'd had like 
Alvita or something as the Alvita was like one of the very first villains shown in One Piece. And she's this big lady. And I thought it would have been funnier maybe if it had been her, but maybe not at the same time because then Alvita also kind of has this weird transformation where she becomes like <laughs> model size with this devil fruit she eats because of course. Um Yeah, I mean, admittedly, like I laughed. I felt kind of bad, but I don't know, like there's just something about the Food Wars style that tends to get me like unless it's something weird like it can make it can make you enjoy problematic stuff i mean the whole <laughs> Listen, they're good at that my the whole, whole life the whole is na- problematic the whole nature of food wars they made they made sanji too good looking in this <laughs> well okay maybe not but like just the way they drew him it was it was interesting very reminiscent um, of saiba What's that? Very reminiscent of Yeah, the way his eyes were drawn in some of them, he looked very, like, menacing. Um, I mean, there's really not much else to say about it. It's just kind of like a little interlude. It's fun. Yeah. If you like One Piece and or you like Food Wars, you're probably like this. If you like both, you'll like it even more. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. And then to uh, close off, close out, I'm going to talk about one that we've put off a few times off like a couple months now because um, we've finally gotten to the more or less conclusion of current arc in the promised neverland um we've alluded to it a little bit uh i think we talked a little bit in last episode but not in depth um overall what did you guys think of the arc in goldie pond um was good <laughs> uh I like that they, I guess, uh, I can't remember if someone set off the bomb at the end. I mean, I think somebody, like, deact- yeah, or activated the self-destruction. I liked that imagery at the end of, like, it kind of just floating there because I kind of forgot that it was, like, on water for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I knew there was a pond, duh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, kinda, I'll miss, uh, I'll miss uh, Luvis. I thought he was pretty cool. I mean, design-wise. Um, I kind of got the feeling he wasn't going to be the final big bad guy because there was that guy in the shadows who we did see in the very last uh, chapter that just that, that we just read on Monday. Um, he's kind of been like he was alluded to when we were talking about William Minerva, you know, months ago um, as kind of like, the, you know, a bad guy in the shadows kind of working with the demons and keeping keeping the people, you know, keeping kids in those orphanages to be basically, you know fed to demons um so clearly something's gonna happen with him but yeah i I like this um i'm glad we're kind of moving away from this area i guess and like kind of emma has like very clearly stated her goals um yeah i mean i'm just looking i'm just looking forward to where to where it's going from here yeah i i like this arc um overall i i feel like it did some really satisfying things it, it was kind of like the first big win, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, no. I didn't really care that much for a lot of the new characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's... Uh, we're in danger of running into... I don't know. Did you read... Uh, well, no, actually, that's not a good comparison. I think we, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of thinking of Morning Glories without, I guess, more of an artistic problem. Um, yeah. Than writing. Well. Um, but, but yeah, I think we've been, one of our earliest complaints about the series has been like the, uh, 
flaws of differentiating when it comes to differentiating voices. Yeah, everybody and, seems to be written in the same voice. Right. It's hard to say, you know, from our perspective, is is this a matter of the actual writing? Is it a matter of the translation or what? Um, and that that's only going to get compounded as the cast expands. Yeah. Um, particularly expanding with more kids. Right. Um, I do see that being a potential issue going forward. Um, Cause yeah, you know, the, with, with people more or less sounding very similar. Um, yeah. I don't really care too much about any of the new kids, like as characters. Right. I don't really, even though I've spent like a couple dozen couple dozen chapters with them i just i really couldn't tell you the first thing about yeah to be fair i mean i don't think like i mean besides like naming them and them having a couple like action scenes i don't really get the sense they're gonna be like super important yeah Um, if that's the case that's fine yeah because like i mean the main problem i was having was with the fight scenes with the demons uh, people like I guess like you know there were just a bunch of names I couldn't even I can't even remember one of their names like maybe Nigel or something like that Nigel was a name they said that was um, one of the names I think yeah yeah and just like you know I'm not I'm not trying to be flippant I mean I really just it was I know lot. they can't yeah I know I I know he can't um I, or I know they can't um you know give everybody like a big arc or you know huge defining character traits um but. Yeah, I mean, you know, and maybe we weren't really supposed to, like, get super attached to some of these people, but I mean, like, the fact that, you know, there was the chapter where it's like, we're, they're gonna leave us behind, or you should leave us behind, um, you know, I think I would have cared about them more if I'd gotten, like, just a little bit more character stuff with them, with some of those characters, um. And we did get, I I think we were supposed to get some of that, like, you know, we did get, like, because we did get like internal monologues of some of the kids, and that's usually kind of yeah. like the sign, right? Um, this yeah. is like a character you should care about, or whatever. And but yeah, it, it, it just goes back to the voice problems we've mentioned before. Yeah, it's a bit, and like a lot of the, the writing is just kind of very plain. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that I'd say it's bad, but like it's just kind of like very just kind of direct. We will do this. Then we'll do this. And to be fair, a lot of the stuff that has been happening lately has been tactic stuff, so it kind of makes sense that they would talk that way, but... And I gotta admit, I get pretty bored by tactics. Tactics. Yeah, but I mean, the art is still, like, really, really neat and um, engaging, and I think it it does a lot of work to make you care about the characters, because, you know, um, a lot of the... uh, you know, expressions are really, really well drawn and stuff. And I care about, you know, I care about Yugo. Oh, we got the man's name. His name is Yugo. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Finally. His name is not Shadow or Bob. I forget why we were, like, comparing him to Sideshow Bob. <laughs> I know we were at some point. Did we? Yeah. I don't... I have a memory of that for some is, reason. Is the other is the other guy who um, I th- lost his arm? I don't remember. Is, I it, thought, so, is, the, is the other guy from his group Cecil then? Oh, so, no, I don't... Yeah, okay, because we were talking about Sachevov's brother in that one episode. <laughs> um, no, his name is... Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, not Clint. Don't, don't, don't look to me. I'm the worst. Okay, the yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't want to say Clint. Oh, gosh, I know it, though. Lucas. Yeah, that's Lucas. It. Yeah, that's the other right. Guy. That's, yeah, yeah not, Cl- not Cecil. Where the heck did we get Cecil from? Uh, I was going Sachevov. Oh, such a and so, yes, yeah. So, so. I, I was just I was just making a sentence joke. Oh, okay. 
Um, yeah. No, I, I, as you said, there we had like the real heavy on the tactics, which is the thing that's like a major part of the comics. So I feel like if I'm complaining about it, maybe. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, I think because I think it it's would just be normally more... not my kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned maybe last month, like the maybe two months ago, like the whole introduction of like the special guns. I'm kind of like, oh, okay. That's... Well, and it seemed like they didn't even really. It seems like they were still able to kill them with like normal guns. So that that was like, shoot them a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, because like they had the special. That that's what confused me because like I, I got the part where they said like oh we only have a couple bullets we have to pierce their masks okay got you there but then when Lewis appeared it was like oh, no holds barred let's just shoot the bullets from Michael's secret stuff <laughs> from Space Jam. <laughs> I don't think that's what Michael's secret stuff was. <laughs> Michael's secret stuff was water. It wasn't bullets. Um, that would have that would have also been useful against the monsters. Shoot the monster. They should have. They were gonna. They should have. Okay, they up were with gonna Ray very questionably put Michael Jordan into basketball slavery. Yeah, um, that was a really. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a bit like you know. They didn't think about that. We're all in the culture, like oh, the nineties. You know, it's upper class people. We can just talk about oh, racism's no, over, so it's, it's fine to make you know. It's still a black man. We're talking about. <laughs> To pick the black man in chains. Um, Sorry, I, I felt the need to, to mention very, that. Very questionable. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Bullets, Michael's secret stuff, same thing. Yeah. They just had to believe that the bullets would pierce Lewis's mask, and they did. Um, I did think, kind, kind of like what I mentioned with the Saiji Tanaka, the uh, jumpstart, this, this uh, most recent chapter, we also got like the most clear kind of let's take a moment to explain where the story is going from here uh yeah i I think like some of the storytelling in promise neverland is not very elegant but it's i think it's interesting though it it, it has its flaws but in the end like it it's really good in spite of its flaws yeah it's Uh, fun but my main point was like i i was always the one guessing like i feel like promise neverland it's gonna end soon you know now I know it's not ending anytime soon, uh, barring yeah. cancellation. They've made it. It's clear there is like a roadmap, and there's plenty to be done. So yeah, yeah. and I mean I think the the it's getting an an anime. It, it yeah. feels mm-hmm. like it's around for a while. Yeah, right. Not that I ever thought it need it should be canceled or anything. I just always felt like the narrative was. Heading towards that way at different points, but yeah. But now we got the real bad guy, who I'm pretty sure is like the number one big bad. He's um. That's definitely the implication. Yeah, whoever, I mean, is he, was he William and Nerva's brother, or was he? Was he related to him? I thought he was. Well, I mean, he was definitely in cahoots with them. I think he was. He was the one basically keeping the um demons. Uh, the whole demon human, uh, like treaty, thing of like we will send you babies to eat. Uh. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Good, What's good that? Guy. The, the good the guy. Agreement? The agreement. I'm trying to remember. William the, Minerva. Yeah, Minerva. What What's their family's name though? It's like Ratri. Oh, Ratri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His real name. Yeah. So it was that guy, basically. I think. Um, so, I know. Th- sorry, I can't remember the exact details of like the history we were given. We were definitely given history of all of this like a couple months ago. Um, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> it's all a lot. I think that's maybe the series' biggest issue is just that how much of it that there is. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm surprised I haven't thought of this before, but it's very uh, reminiscent of the ones who walk away from Amalas, the uh, mm-hmm. Ursula K. Le Guin uh, story. I don't know if you've read that, Zach. No, I haven't. It's like a... Uh, the, the, it, it's basically... It, this is much it on a much larger scale. Basically, the um, concept is something about you've got like a um, utopian society... Everything's perfect. The only thing is that there's one child that is, you know, continually starved uh, and starved beaten. and beaten and suffers all sorts of awful things. And, you know, it's not really explained. Well, why does that have to be? That's not what's important. You know, the question, you know, the philosophical question is like, is it worth it? And so this is kind of similar to that, you know, que- questioning of like utilitarianism. Um, very, yeah. Though this is like way clearer that like, no, you should not do this. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the people who walk away from Omalas were also correct. Yeah, I, I but, think it's um, pretty clear. Yeah, but, I guess you're right. But I'm just saying, um, like, like pure numbers we're speaking here. Like, yeah, it's, um, it's it's a similar like philosophical. Yeah, it's like for the better good of all. Why don't you just shut up and and let's give let's give some of the kids, you know, and then eaten by demons. You know, we got to make sacrifices. Well, it's even worse. Like, well, I mean, Promise Everland. I mean, they don't just give babies; they give they basically like you know raise kids to like age twelve, and then they're more delicious because they're smarter. Yeah, but that's what we do with cows. Do we know what? <laughs> do we know what uh, Norman was doing? And that we got a little shot of Norman. He was just yeah, at a desk, I, I, right? I wasn't quite sure what that was about. He was just kind of writing or something. He looked very. Um... At first, I thought he was with uh, that guy, the uh, uh, blonde-haired bad guy. Um, but maybe we'll get another yeah, chapter from Norman's perspective. It wasn't. Like it wasn't as one. right. It wasn't yeah. as clear as like usually that is when we see Norman. Um, when Norman's not on page, everyone should be asking, "Where is he?" Yeah. Um. Yeah. So <coughs> they sometimes do. They sometimes do talk about Norman. Well, they think he's dead. Yeah, but they still mention his name. I don't talk about dead people. Um, anyway, still a good series. Still definitely one of the strongest. Um, as, it, as I mentioned, it has its flaws, but the good aspects of it are so good. Yeah, it's definitely very entertaining to read. Yeah. Yeah, and um, probably one of like the most eventful um, books in this. Yeah. Book. There were a lot of, there was actually a lot of stuff. I kind of, you know, if we yeah. didn't have so many one shots to talk about, there might've been some more, Time yeah. to spend with some other stuff, but that will probably yeah. be for next month. But yeah, a lot of good academia. One Punch Man was really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh, Food Wars was really good. Yeah, Food Wars is getting if a bit weird. Getting well, I mean, it kind of has like a dumb plot point that they just they just uh, introduce. But I mean, it, like it's funny, but I hope they don't really do much with it. Um, yeah, it feels it feels a bit like a. A filler arc that is like pretending to be really big, but yeah. probably it won't be in the big scheme yeah. of things. My Hero Academia, like we, we we might have alluded to, it's it's it got some really cool cool emotional stuff with Endeavor and his family, and um, then we got like what looks like some kind of flashback coming up with that. So probably going to talk about that next month. At least I I do if this is like a big deal with like um all for one. Um. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
So any closing thoughts? Um, no. <laughs> no, we got, uh, we got a hockey one shot coming up next week. Oh, right. So we'll talk oh, about that's that right, next the month. Um, We're all sports manga fans now, yeah. so. <laughs> High Q, at least. Yeah. We were fans of Robot Laser Beams. I know this, well, the, this. I think they need a new sports manga. I kind of wish that this was like a jumpstart or something, but. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they will. Maybe they'll go for that. I mean, I hope so. We haven't. When was the last time they added a jumpstart to the rotation? It's been a long time. Was it Robot Laser Beam? Um, um, I forget. Like, if, was that a jumpstart or did it just start? It, I think it. It was a jumpstart, I'm okay. pretty sure. Was that running earlier than we never learn? I think it came after. How many? Or around the same time. So we're on chapter seventy-three of We Never Learn. So that's been going longer than Holy crap. than Robot Laser and a half. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was the last one. Well, because I don't remember the last time they said, uh, "Here's a new series that's going to be joining the rotation." You know what right. I mean? Like usually it's a jump start and then. It gets added. Yeah. Yeah, they need something to step in. Fill some kind of gap that Robot Laser Beam and... And I'd be fine if... Uh, Bleach have left. Saiji Tanaka um, was the one I've... I've as we mentioned... Yeah, I wouldn't mind that one, though I don't feel like it'll last very long. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> as mentioned in the earlier part of the show, our book club book of the month next month is uh tomie by junji ito master of manga horror one of my personal favorites i look forward to being spooked <gasps> next month no spooking until then yeah um where can you guys be found on the internet if anywhere um, I am on Twitter at Wilker Fox. I am on Twitter at um, at Cosmos, of course. Um, I think I, I think I also pimped my Twitch channel last time, but I really haven't been using it much. But <laughs> in case anybody wants it to check a it phase. out, yeah, it was a phase. I mean, I might use it sometime soon when I get back to doing Kingdom Hearts too. But uh, yeah, it's it's the same. It's the same as my Twitter handle. But I'm more way more active on Twitter, so you can find me there. I'm not on the internet anymore. As a matter of fact, I'm recording this from a cave. Um, yeah, it's very weird. I, I, I deleted my Twitter because, you know. Too distracting. That's what you do. And then I'll yeah, be back eventually. Yeah, maybe no. maybe next month I'll be listing off my Twitter handle in this uh, section of the yeah. podcast. You're like the Zarathustra that, you know, Come retreated down, from Twitter. On. The equivalent of the equivalent of uh, being, uh, you know, ten years uh, on the mountain is like being like two weeks from Twitter. Why I make such good tweets. <laughs> anyway, that's enough Nietzsche for one manga podcast. Mm. See you next month. See you then. <laughs>